This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read more on my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish in the Mail Tribune's weekly food section a la carte my columns are at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food the most recent food section a la carte gave me the blues in a good way (laughs) and being a native oregonian i like so many of the rest of us and, and everyone else around the world love blueberries they are a staple of summer They go in so many dishes from sweet to savory as celebrated in the latest column by Jan Roberts Dominguez under the headline Blueberry Bounty, and that ran August 7th. Jan, who is a longtime Oregon resident herself, gave lots and lots of reasons to choose blueberries, how to pick them, freeze them and what to do with them and a wide variety of recipes sweet and savory she had a blueberry sauce a relish and a chutney she had a recipe for a blueberry crumble and blueberry cornbread as well as a two blue salad that features the berries and the cheese of the same name of course that being an Oregon I don't want to say original but maybe sort of quintessential given that we are becoming known for our blue cheese as well as our blueberries. Oregon's always been in the top blueberry producing states. Last I read, Georgia, Washington, and Michigan were still higher on the list in terms of total pounds produced, but I think most people agree that Oregon's quality of berries are just superb. And as Jan pointed out in her column, there's more than 50 varieties. They are early season, late season, super sweet, sweet tart. Again, just have so much character depending on what types of berries you're picking and where they're grown, whether that's here in the Rogue Valley, in the Willamette Valley, or over on the coast, which is where I grew up, picking berries at a family's U-Pick farm, one that had been in their family for generations near Langlois, Oregon, which is just south of Bandon, between Bandon and Port Orford, at Jensen's Blueberry Farm. The bushes themselves were generations old because the farm had been in the family for so long and they'd been growing blueberries for so long. They were easy picking in that respect because they were so tall, we didn't have to bend down to pick them. They were sort of like right there at kind of chest height, making for just a really, really enjoyable evening of picking blueberries. Not to mention in the summertime on the coast, there tends to be more of a breeze and certainly that coastal misty air gives the berries this like slightly salty tang, I always think, or maybe it's that I'm (laughs) eating them like so close to the ocean. But I definitely think they have a very unique flavor, one that's worth going and tracking down if you're ever on the South Coast. 
in August. They come on a little bit later than they do in the rest of the state because it's colder. Look for Jensen's Blueberry Farm. There's also another farm in close proximity that's organic. They're well worth it. They're well worth the effort to go and pick your own, fill up a coffee can of berries, and eat all you can, make a few recipes, and then freeze the rest for the cold weather. Blueberries, of course, do freeze really, really beautifully. And there's a little bit of a, a brouhaha, as I termed it in one of my blogs several years ago, about whether you wash berries first and then freeze them or whether you freeze them without washing. I sort of made an about face, in my opinion, on that after always washing them and laying them out on baking sheets and putting those in the freezer so they would freeze individually, be individually quick frozen in an industry term. So then when they were put in a Ziploc bags, they would be free flowing and I could measure out exactly what I needed and not have a big clump of blueberries stuck together as I was trying to determine how many I needed for a recipe. So, so I did it that way for years. Wash, spread out a baking sheet, freeze, and then you know, kind of scrape those off into a plastic bag. But just that whole process of glazing them in ice and then needing a lot of the time some kind of a tool to loosen them just a little bit. Now, granted, you can also drop them quickly onto a sturdy countertop surface. My granite countertop will usually do the trick to loosen those from the sheet pan, but it does burst the cell walls a little bit. I certainly noticed that the summer after my son was born, so he was a few months old and then he was eating the berries into the winter time, into the next spring before we had picked more. His fingers and everything were just stained with <laughs> blueberry juice. I thought, yeah, I wonder if these berries are collapsing so much in the freezer could have something to do with it. And so the next summer, I actually dispensed with washing them before freezing them, just put them right into the Ziploc bags. Granted, I would pick them over for stems and leaves and just any kind of stray detritus. I certainly didn't want to freeze all that with them. But, you know, once I was fairly certain that they were pretty much just pure berries, put them right in the Ziploc bag. And then, of course, they do still freeze individually. There's no moisture causing them to stick together and clump up in the freezer. You can still pour them out and then just rinse them really, really quickly under warm water helps to even facilitate them thawing. So I, I became convinced that that's the way at least that works for me. Either way, blueberries still freeze beautifully and you don't even notice that they have collapsed somewhat if you are incorporating them into baked goods in particular, which so many people of course love. I added a post to my blog recently with a recipe for blueberry scones classic classic recipe and also links back to a blueberry brown betty which was kind of a new one to me when i posted it a year or so back a blueberry buckle which is almost kind of like a bar cookie was another term that i wasn't super familiar with a really yummy blueberry lemon cake, and of course, classic blueberry muffins, which I think we all have a nostalgia for. I know that I certainly felt like 
was a really special weekend morning if my mom made fresh blueberry muffins. I mean, blueberry pancakes, of course, what's not to love about those, but blueberry muffins with our scrambled eggs. I knew it was going to be a fun day. But hands down, my favorite blueberry recipe of everything I have ever made is a lemon blueberry cornmeal cake. This is a recipe I have made many, many times since I first prepared it for a 4th of July potluck. I, of course, like to sort of play into that red, white, and blue theme when I can with a contribution to a potluck, but I thought, you know, these blueberries are so gorgeous. I don't need any red. I mean, you know, the white is somewhat... (laughs) somewhat nebulous in some dishes. I'm just going to go with the blueberries. And it was a hit. People loved it. And it is so easy, so simple. It doesn't involve layering cake. It doesn't involve frosting, which I don't like to fuss around with. It, You know, it's short. It's just one layer in a nine inch round cake pan, but it really, really makes an impact because the blueberries sort of float on top of the batter and they just make a lovely, lovely contrasting hue and decoration all their own without any additional fussing around with frosting or anything like that. And this is one that I try to make every summer, and I have received many compliments on it, as I mentioned. That recipe I posted to my blog back on July 2nd, 2012, under the headline, Add Bursts of Bright Color to Fourth of July Menu. And that can be found on my blog archives at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. The easiest way to search the archives is to select from the drop-down menu on the right-hand side of the page and select July 2012 and page down to the second because they're posted in reverse order. And of course, you can find many other recipes featuring blueberries by typing the term blueberries into the search field in the top right-hand corner of the page under the heading search. I'm going to share the recipe right now for blueberry lemon cornmeal cake. I think it's one that everyone will enjoy. And whether you're using frozen berries or fresh, it is so worth it. Fresh blueberries are going to float a little bit more easily on the top of the batter and stay more intact. But again, this is a perfectly acceptable, great use for frozen blueberries. It starts with a cup of blueberries, a cup of fresh blueberries. If you're using frozen, you might want to make that a heaping cup, rinsed and and well dried. One and a third cups plus a tablespoon of unbleached all-purpose flour, a quarter cup of finely ground yellow cornmeal, a teaspoon of baking powder, a quarter teaspoon each baking soda and salt, six tablespoons unsalted butter at room temperature, one cup plus one tablespoon sugar divided, one teaspoon grated lemon zest, two large eggs at room temperature, a tablespoon of fresh lemon juice, and half a cup of low-fat buttermilk. The buttermilk really, really makes this cake. It gives it a nice tang, which brings out the lemon and complements the blueberries. It tempers their sweetness a little bit. And of course, the cornmeal is much less in its ratio to the flour, but it just gives it that nice little chew, that texture, that I think is so delightful in cakes like this. It's not just kind of a soft fluff. 
So start by positioning a rack in the oven center and preheating the oven to 350 degrees. As I mentioned, this takes a nine by two inch round cake pan, which I think most people have. I would not attempt this if you don't have a cake pan of that type. You may be able to get away with it in a square pan. I have not tried this in a Pyrex baking dish. I'm not sure how that would come out, if it would contribute to excessive browning. I actually went and purchased a nine by two inch round cake pan exclusively for making this recipe. <laughs> When I first saw it, I found it at Sweet Stuff Baking Boutique back when it was on Bartlett, and they've now moved to South Riverside in Medford. That's a great place to pick up some baking essentials, but of course, all sorts of baking necessities can be easily obtained online these days. So get that nine by two inch round cake pan to make this recipe, lightly butter it, line the bottom with parchment cut in a circle to fit the bottom of the pan, and then lightly flour the sides, tapping out the excess. In a medium bowl, whisk the one and a third cups flour with the quarter cup cornmeal, the one teaspoon baking powder, the quarter teaspoon baking soda, the quarter teaspoon salt until well blended. And that should be finely ground yellow cornmeal. I have substituted a medium grind for this that some people might call polenta, and it's fine. It works just fine. I like, again, that little bit of texture, but it does call for the finely ground yellow cornmeal, which, again, is, is widely available. In a mixing bowl with a paddle attachment or with a hand mixer, beat the butter and that's six tablespoons unsalted butter at room temperature with the lemon zest, a teaspoon grated lemon zest, and one cup sugar on medium high until well blended and fluffy, and that will take about three minutes. Add the two large eggs at room temperature, one at a time. Crack them in. It's, it's always preferable, of course, to have those cracked in a separate bowl so you're not risking getting shells in your batter as it mixes and you have no hope of rescuing the shell. So add those two eggs one at a time, beating on medium speed until just blended. Add the tablespoon of fresh lemon juice with the second egg. And the batter will look like it's curdled a little, little bit, but that's not anything to worry about. Fold in half of the dry ingredients, then add the half cup low-fat buttermilk, and then the remaining dry ingredients. Scrape that batter into the prepared cake pan and smooth it and spread it out evenly. Bake in the preheated 350 degree oven for 15 minutes. While that's happening in a small bowl, combine the cup of blueberries with one tablespoon each sugar and flour. Using a fork, mix those all together, just lightly crushing the berries, getting them to weep out some juices. You don't want them smashed, but we also want them to exude some juices into the batter. Once the berries are evenly coated with the flour and the sugar, the cake is baked for 15 minutes. Slide the oven rack out and quickly scatter the blueberries evenly over the top of the cake. Again, they're supposed to just kind of float on the top here. They're not dispersed throughout the batter. Discard any flour and sugar that doesn't adhere to the berries. And then continue baking the cake in the preheated oven until toothpick inserted in the center of the cake comes out clean. That'll take another 
23 to 25 minutes, somewhere in that neighborhood. Again, you don't want this dry. You you want a, a few little moist crumbs clinging. Remove the cake from the oven and let the cake cool on a rack for 15 minutes. Then run a knife around the inside edge of the pan and using a dry dish towel to protect your hands, lay a rack on top of the cake pan and holding on to both the rack and the pan, invert the cake. Lift the pan from the cake and peel away the parchment. Then lay a flat serving plate on the bottom of the cake and flip the cake one more time so the blueberries are on top. It's a little bit of a back and forth maneuver, but that's how you get that parchment out from underneath, which, you know, some people will serve a cake with the parchment underneath. I think with a cake like this, that is so small that you don't really have to worry about it collapsing like that. It's just, it's short. It's better to just remove it and not worry about it getting cut into people getting a little bite of parchment. It's never never a great experience. That cake can be served warm or at room temperature. It's absolutely delicious anyway. It makes 10 servings. And that recipe is originally from Fine Cooking Magazine, September 2006 issue, posted to my blog, The Whole Dish, on July 2nd, 2012, under the headline, Add Bursts of Bright Color to 4th of July Menu. And that can be found at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food read my blog the whole dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish and thank you for listening to and reading the whole dish